Welcome to the Rosedale Bible College Chapel Podcast. We hope you are challenged and inspired by today's message. Enjoy. This morning we're going to be hearing from Pastor Lonnie Miller. Lonnie was raised in this area, and he's now actually living in the same house uh, that he was in as a young man. This house is on Amish Pike. It's just around the corner from the Shank Soccer Yard. He's lived most of his life here. He spent some of his winters in Sarasota because of his mother's health when he was a young man. And while he was down there, he met a person named Vera, whom he married down at the Palm Grove Mennonite Church in Sarasota when they were both at the ripe age of 21, which I would like to say for some of us is a great age to be married. It's when I got married. Uh, And so he started out uh, housekeeping just south of West Jefferson, uh, not very far from here as well, and farming. He became a pastor when he was 37, uh, 1995. He's been part of the pastoral team at the United Bethel Congregation ever since. You know the people we have here who uh, who are part of the United Bethel Congregation or have been. I know, there's Jalisa, and then we have Hans and Katie as well. And, of course, Linford. (laughs) But, you know. Should have started with you, Linford. Up. Lonnie attended Rosedale in the winter of 1996, and I think maybe the following year took a couple of courses as a, as a married man and a co-vocational pastor, so he definitely prioritized some learning there. Currently, he and his sons are farming something like 740 acres, most of it organic, including the acreage that RBC owns. So when you see tillage happening around here, it's going to be one of the millers, I'm pretty sure. I asked Lonnie uh, to tell me something unusual about him that most people don't know, and uh, he says he's led actually a pretty normal life, but I would say, based on my experience, that he is a man of unusual kindness, gentleness, and compassion. I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what he shares with us this morning, so I'd appreciate if you join me in welcoming Lonnie Miller. Lonnie? Well, good morning again. It is a, a privilege to be with you this morning. I uh, was watching you as students coming into the, the building here, and uh, I look around and I say, wow, there is a lot of potential right here in this room. And I, uh, I'm excited to, to see young people who are uh, interested in spiritual things and in, in also in learning and so on. I... Uh, I have a little uh, flip calendar at home that has uh, some, some fish, fish wrapper sayings on it every day. And the one for this morning uh, said this, it says, intelligence is like a river, the deeper it flows, the less noise it makes. And I thought, wow, I hope our time together this morning is, just not, a lot, is not just a lot of noise, but actually has some good things in it. And I guess my, my desire this morning is that whatever I say, first of all, would bring glory 
to God, glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's been faithful in my life, and that is, that is my testimony this morning. And also that something I share this morning perhaps will, will encourage you or will strengthen your faith. Uh, so that is, that is my, my prayer this morning as I share my story. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your story is part of God's bigger story, God's larger story. Every one of us, God has a, a plan for each one of our lives. And I just want to start this morning by reading a few verses out of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, to kind of uh, give us a, a foundation, perhaps, of some of the things I want to say. And by the way, uh, a big part of, of all of our story is our vocation, the, the work that we're involved in throughout life. And it's easy for us to, to kind of separate ministry and work, and yet I believe that uh, God wants to use our vocation and work to His glory. And it's a, it's a big part of, of our being used of God is in the workplace. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, it says, Bond servants, or today maybe we would say uh, employees, be obedient to those who are your masters or employers according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart. And then it says, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he be a slave or free. And you masters or you employees do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Uh, I just want you to especially notice the words there where it says, as to Christ or as to the Lord. Uh, recognizing that uh, our being a disciple of, of Christ and representing Him validates our work, regardless what it is. I mean, it, it talks to, to uh, employers here and it talks to employees, but it does validate our, our work when we uh, take it as a, as if we do it as unto the Lord and we recognize that it's not just with eye service as men pleasers, but it's as un, unto the Lord. I would remind us this morning that work is God's idea. Uh, God gave Adam the, uh, the work of tending the garden and keeping it, and that was before sin entered into the world. And, and in my mind, that was, that was just the ultimate job. No weeds, no, uh, no curse or anything like that. I, I, just, uh, I look forward to, to paradise being restored someday. But uh, God is also our example. It tells us in the first couple of verses of Genesis chapter 2 that God rested from his work that he had done. God was working in creation. And in, Jesus said in, in John chapter 5 that to that point his father was working and he as well is working. So God is our example of working as well. Uh, work is a gift from God. It is a, a way that our needs can be supplied and also a way that we can accumulate to where we can share with other people and so on. It is, uh, gives us fulfillment in life, and it's a, a way that we can serve, serve God. So I just want to share, uh, share my, some of my story with you this morning. And uh, I, 
as I thought about this, how do you condense 40 plus years of vocational life into a half hour? And I decided it's impossible to do, but I will try to, to hit some highlights in that. Um, as was mentioned, uh, I am bivocational. I have been for the last uh, 25 years. I serve as pastor at United Bethel uh, for, the first, for the last 25 years. I've been on the team. For the first 19 years or so, I was an associate pastor, and then for the last six or seven, I've been uh, in the lead role. There, uh, we have a plural ministry. There's currently four of us, and I'll perhaps mention some more about that later. But for over 40 years, uh, I've been privileged to do something that I'm passionate about, that I love doing, I enjoy doing, and uh, I, I wonder sometimes why God has allowed me to do what is, has been such a pleasure in my life, and that is, that is farming. And I've had people tell me that they think farming is one of the biggest gambles that you can do. And uh, someone once told me, he said, you invest all this money, you invest all this time, and then you are at the mercy of uh, circumstances that are beyond your control, talking about the weather and, and so on. But I do not look at farming as a gamble. I look at farming as a work of faith. We do everything, I do everything I can to, to make preparations, to, to take good care of, of uh, to be a good steward and so on. And then it's up to, to God as to whether we get the rain or, or anything like that. So it's, to me, it's, it's not a gamble. I was up at the local elevator one day, and uh, the, it was one of those times when one of the lotteries had gotten so uh, really large number as to the lottery, and one of the guys asked, and there's a lot of things get discussed at the local elevator and so on, but one of the guys said, well, what would you do if you'd win the lottery? And another farmer popped up and said, well, I'd keep farming till it was all gone. But that is not uh, the way that I look at, at farming. You know, I, I look at it as a, as a work of faith, and God wants to bless us. And God is there to help us through the, the tough times and, and the good times. For, uh, for the first 15 years that I was a farmer, uh, well, let me just back up. I, I did grow up about seven miles from here on a, on a farm where my grandfather, in the early, very early 1900s, bought the land. He, uh, he built the house where we live in now, a lot of the outbuildings and so on. My father lived there. My father and mother lived there till they wanted to retire. They built a small house next door, and that is when we moved back home. But for the, uh, the first 15 years that I was a farmer, we farmed south of West Jefferson on, on rented ground. And as a young person, um, your age, or maybe even younger, I, I didn't know what God wanted me to do with my life, and I didn't know where, where life would lead me. And uh, I think you probably understand that feeling or whatever. I, my father was a farmer. I enjoyed farming. My brother was a farmer, uh, one of my brothers, and they worked together, and I helped them. But I really didn't know what God had in mind for me. But as a single man at 19 years old, one day my brother stopped in and uh, talked to me, and he said there was an older couple 
in West Jefferson that was looking to rent 640 acres to uh, had it for rent. They they were actually owned a good bit more land than that. But they had been uh, they were good friends with somebody else who had a farm who was being farmed by Mennonites and and he they wanted somebody Mennonite to farm it. Now remember, I was a 19-year-old young man and not married. My wife and I were were dating at the time, but I was not married. And uh, I thought, wow, I'm just not sure I'm I'm ready for this. And yet, uh, it was it was an opportunity. But I did not feel comfortable in doing that by myself as a as a single man. So I my sister, just older than me, had just been married for a year or two. And his her husband had grown up on a farm, and I asked them if they would be interested in going in partnership and to see if we could rent that. And to this day, uh, I don't understand for sure, other than it was a God thing, that somebody would rent some ground to two young men who had no experience in running a, a farming operation when there was other people who were, were wanting to farm that land. But that's what happened. We, we rented the farm on shares, so they were dependent on us doing a, a good job so that they would, uh, so it would benefit them. And we, we lived there for 15 years, and I still look back on those 15 years with great fondness. Uh, our relationship with, with the landowners there, and there again, we had, we had prepared a contract, but we never signed it, and it was never a matter of uh, wondering you know, what, what was going on. Uh, they were like second parents to us, and we were like children to them. It was just a, a great relationship. And uh, we, were, we, we were out of the community, if you know what I mean, the Mennonite community. Uh, West Jefferson is not on the way to Dublin. It's not on the way to Marysville. It's not on the way to, to London. Uh, it's kind of out in a different direction. And so we were, were out of the, the Mennonite community. And I can say that that was just a, a great experience. And I never doubted that God had called us there. And I just, uh, let me just take a, a few minutes to, to relate maybe a few things that happened. We weren't, weren't there very long till I realized that we were being watched. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. We, we were just living life. I mean, we were just, just living life, not trying to be anything special or super or anything like that. And most of our neighbors, you know, one thing that was different about us, that most of our neighbors uh, worked on Sundays. We did not. I remember in 1981, I'm sure there's very few of you here that remember 1981. That's 40 years ago. But anyway, in 1981, that was the third year that we would have, would have been farming down there. In the spring, we had a very wet spring. And it seemed like every week about Sunday night it would start raining and it would rain till the middle of the week and then it would start drying off and about Saturday noons you could get back in into the field and then uh, Sunday was nice and then you'd have rain again this happened for just a number of weeks we would go to church the neighbors would be in the field Uh, we'd come home from church and some of them would still be in the field if their equipment hadn't broke down it was just one of those things and that year we ended up finishing our planting in July. It was July the 7th, as I recall, a very challenging time. 
And yet to come to harvest and see that God provided for our needs, our, our crops did fine. And that was just, just one example. And it wasn't, we weren't there real long till one day I was back in the field and the neighbor was across the, the fence and we stopped, we were talking, and he made this comment. He said, what's different about you? And I realized that I'm different, but in, I don't think that's what he had in mind necessarily. But, uh, and it gave me the opportunity to say that we're really no different. If there's any positive difference, it's because of, of our faith in God and, and having the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart. And uh, there was just a number of other things that made me realize that how I conduct my life has a great impact on, on the testimony of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe one funny thing that happened one time. Every time we went to church, we had to drive through West Jefferson, and people, uh, we were kind of a novelty, I guess, because we, uh, we were kind of the only Mennonites there, but uh, the relationships we built, I, I cherish to this day, and we still keep up a lot of, of those. It's good to see those people to this day, but anyway, we would go through West Jeff every time we'd go to church, and uh, so we, we, at the time, we had owned a, a car that was a two-tone blue, and uh, we had painted it to a solid blue, which, uh, anyway, that's a whole different story, but it <laughs> doesn't matter. But the point is, one night we were on the way home from prayer meeting, late at night, not late at night, but in the dark uh, after church. And as I recall, our, our children we're in the back seat, and we were singing some songs, and we were just having a great time. And apparently, I was not paying attention to what I was doing driving through West Jefferson. And all of a sudden, I saw this uh, flashing light in my rearview mirror. Any of you experienced that ever? Anyway, I thought, well, what, what did I do? And remember, we had just, just changed our car from a two-tone to a solid blue, and the officer came walking up. And he looked in the window and he said, oh, he said, I didn't recognize you. He said, I, think, I thought we had an alcohol problem here, but I don't think we do. He said, just, just have a nice evening, he said. And I said, well, I said, well hey, I, I thank you for doing your job, and I'll be happy to come out and, and do whatever you ask me to do. But I just I said, wow, people watch. People are watching. There's a number of other, other instances where, where I realized the importance of my response and how I conduct my life, the impact that it can have uh, to those lives around us. They weren't all uh, in, a, in a positive light, I will say. There was a number of times when my response was not what it should have been, and I, I realized it later and had the opportunity to, to make things right and to... Uh, to go on from there. So our, our five children were all, all born down there below West Jefferson. They have fond memories of living down there and uh, they still enjoy going down there and, and seeing the old house and so on. But in, uh, in the early 90s, my father was, was wanting to to discontinue farming and to retire. And they built a little Doughty house next door to, to the house where they had been living. You know what a Doughty house is? Yeah, it's, it's a retirement house. Just, uh, so it was, 
All of my uh, other siblings had established places of, of abode or, yeah, my, my sister that was farming with us and myself were the two options as to who would move home. And it was a very hard decision. We, we loved where we were. We loved what we were doing. And uh, how do we decide who, who goes home? But, and that's a whole different story. But it, we felt then that God was asking us to, to move home to the home, home farm. So in 1994, we did, and uh, we took over the, the home farm. And my sister Frida and her husband Paul stayed down in West Jeff and continued to farm there. Later in 2000 and 2001, uh, they, they were in Haiti for two years with CAM. And uh, I'm sorry, not with CAM, Blue Ridge International. And at that time, we had the opportunity to go back down and farm. Not move down, but use their equipment and farm the land back down there. So it was an opportunity again, and uh, one of the things that, that has really meant a lot to me in farming was, was the privilege of working with my family. Uh, not everybody has the opportunity to do that. Our two oldest children are girls, and uh, they were wonderful help on the farm. We had uh, a neighbor down below West Jeff that asked me one day, is there any way that we could hire Kim, our oldest daughter. I said, no, I really don't think so. Uh, but anyway, um, they were some of the best farm help that I could have asked for. And at that time, our two oldest daughters were very involved in the farm, so we farmed down there, plus at home. So uh, it was then about a year later when uh, we as a church at United Bethel had made the decision that we wanted to add more leadership, more another pastor to the team in 1995. And so at, uh, at that point, I was ordained to the ministry. Um, the way uh, we, we have always chosen leadership from within the congregation, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, we had spent a number of months with focused prayer as a church, asking God to lead us. And uh, in those situations, we came to the place then where we took the voice of the church. And then after that, when there's more than one person who, uh, after interviews and so on, who has a, a good number of support, uh, there's some further discernment and so on. And if if there's more than one, the, the lot is used, if you know what the lot is. Those can be some very traumatic times. But um, in, in our case, um, there was no other person. We were, we were the only ones. And so I was ordained to the ministry in, in, 19, in the fall of, of 1995. And it's one of those, those cases where I think where, where God again kind of had to take me and pull me by the hair, as it were, or to give me assurance that this was his call in my life. Uh, back when we first started farming, I was not a big risk taker, and I'm not a big risk taker to this day. It's not something that I was, was gung-ho to do. I was very cautious, and yet uh, God provided in in wondrous ways. So for me, the call to the ministry uh, I had served as an elder for a number of years. I knew the possibility was there that we would be chosen, and yet I didn't have that overwhelming sense 
that this was what God was calling me to. So my call came through the church. Uh, God's call in my life to be a pastor came through the church. And uh, although there had been certain people who over the years had spoken into my life saying that they believed that, that uh, God was going to call me to the ministry, God had particularly uh, apparently asked one woman in our church to not let me forget it. And so uh, anyway, so I, it was not totally uh, a new thought, but that's how that happened. Um, I, I had the, I've had the privilege to serve with just a number of different pastors at United Bethel that I have a lot of respect for and have learned so much from, and I appreciate that. Currently, there are four of us on the pastoral team, and I'm the old guy on the, on the team, and I'm the one that's now looking uh, towards retirement. Uh, of the four, uh, one of the four is a principal at Plainview School. And one works for a company that sells and installs granite and marble countertops. And the other is a, an attorney. He's a corporate attorney for a large company that makes salad dressing. Uh, so we have a variety of vocations uh, and a variety of gifts, but I appreciate the privilege of working together. And I will say this, and it's very obvious that, that our life changed at that time. And there, it's a great challenge to, to balance uh, ministry, uh, vocation, or work, and family. And uh, the way it can be done is by sharing the load, obviously, with four. Plus, the church partially supports us, and that has allowed us to, uh, to be able to, to do that, to take more time off. It was... Uh, it was after I was ordained that I, I did spend um, some time here at Rosedale uh, for two winters, took some courses, and just drove back and forth. Uh, that was a very um, good part of, of my uh, education. Earlier, I had attended a, a Bible school just for, for three weeks as a, as a young person. It's not a very long time, but it was very foundational in my, uh, in my life just those three weeks that I spent at that time, just having to, uh, just spending time with other young people and being immersed in God's Word. And so I just encourage you to, to make the best of your, your opportunity here. The fact that, that I was a farmer uh, has given me a good bit of flexibility as far as being available when there are emergency things that turn up and visitation and things like that. And by that time, our, our children were old enough that they were doing a good bit of the work and so, uh, or helping out a good bit with the work, which has, has allowed me to, to spend time in, in uh, ministry. Again, uh, I would encourage you not to separate ministry from uh, vocation because I think they go, they go hand in hand. One more, uh, perhaps one more a uh, thing that has that has happened that was significant in our in my vocation as a farmer was that in 1999 we did uh, have our first uh, field of certified organic crops. It was a a, a a woodlot that we had cleared, 
and it could be certified right away. It was in the back where the neighbors wouldn't see it. I didn't tell a lot of people. A lot of people didn't know it. <laughs> it wasn't a, a, a very mainstream stream thing at that time. But I had researched for just a number of years. Uh, one thing that I always enjoyed was uh, doing educational things of learning. And I would encourage you to never stop learning. And I had visited a, a farm up in Mount Vernon. There was an old man who had been farming organically for many years, uh, doing a great job. And I was part of a tour that visited his farm. And after that, I went back a number of times on my own. That old man always had time. He had time. He took time. He, he mentored me. And uh, so we had this opportunity with this new ground to have some crops certified, and, and I was looking to get away from, uh, from using chemicals and things like that. And it went well. And the next year, we, we transitioned some more, and, and the rest, as they say, is, is history, I guess. But um, it has, it has, uh, it has been a, another avenue where it, it has opened up doors for relationships and for mentoring and things like that because of, of how many years we've, we've done it. And uh, it, it gave us an opportunity to incorporate our family into our, our smaller farming operation. Uh, currently, our, two of our boys work for us. And uh, earlier, our second daughter, Amy, and her husband, John, had worked for us for a number of years. He really did not have a farming background as such, but was a great learner and did a great job, was very mechanically inclined and, and was a great blessing to our operation. And about uh, five or six years ago, they had the opportunity of, to rent their own ground and uh, I hated to see them go, but that's what, what it's about. And they have now been farming on their own for, for a number of years. Uh, I've been a part of a, a group of organic farmers that in the winter times they have meetings. Uh, all, they are from all over the state. And it's a, just a wonderful opportunity to, to build relationships and to, uh, to share ideas and to uh, share life together, as it were. And also, uh, I've had the opportunity, because of, of being involved in organic farming for many years, of of having just a number of young people call and ask a lot of questions. And I think back of when I was asking questions. And it's just uh, a great opportunity to, to speak into someone else's life. So uh, it's, it's been a, a journey. And as I look back over 40 years, I just see God's faithfulness. And when I was in your place, uh, I didn't know. What, what life is going to hold. And there's been a lot of challenges, but I can say that God is faithful. But I'm going to leave you this morning with, with three things that apply to whatever vocation or wherever life takes you. Uh, I, my oldest brother, my oldest brother Freeman, uh, this is called Pathways. His pathway was a totally different pathway. He went to college and uh, for a number of years, I, I thought he was going to be a, a career student because of how much schooling he did. But, uh, and he married uh, a, a peachy 
Mark and Fanny Peachy, they lived here at Rosedale. Mark was involved here at Rosedale for many years. He married their daughter, Naomi, and they spent a few years in Africa teaching in Nigeria. I came back, he taught high school in Columbus, uh, went to Ohio State, and then he went to, to seminary. And in 1973, they moved into the inner city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, live there to this day. He pastored a church there for a number of years, had bishop oversight over a number of ethnic churches in Philadelphia. They raised their family there. Their three girls are married um, and have families of their own, are involved in, in ministry and in church. A very different pathway, and yet a very uh, important, or both, both uh, ordained of God, I believe. We'd go to Philadelphia, and I'd be scared. They would bring children out from Philadelphia to Plain City, and they would be scared. So, uh, you know, God has a call for each one of us. But I, let me just share these three things. And the first thing is relationships. The most important thing. All of life is made up of relationships. And obviously, the first and foremost is our relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. And then you have the relationship of your spouse and of your family. And uh, then you have the relationships in church and in the workplace and in the community. Uh, life is made up of relationships. And even uh, in our... I see my, my vocation as, as on the farm, even, even the relationship with... Uh, you know, with the soil and with growing crops and so on. I, I just think relationships are, are so important. But I want to ask you a question. What, what is success? You know, sometimes we think of success as being successful in business and so on. And you might be a model employee at a company. You might be increasing or, or going up the ladder of success, and yet... As far as your relationship with, with God, maybe you haven't opened your Bible in a long time. And, uh, or you might, you know, be Mr. Hustle on the basketball court or whatever, and yet uh, fail when it comes to your relationship with your family and so on. So relationships are, I believe, the most important things in life. And that is where success, true success is. Jesus said, what will it gain a person if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And as I look back at all the people that have spoken into my life, that have mentored me, it, it is just a, a tremendous blessing. Then the second thing is respect. Uh, respect for, for other people. Uh, respect for other people's property. Uh, respect for God's creation. Uh, recognizing that we are called to be stewards, not owners. We're called to be caretakers. And just because I have had opportunities that other people haven't had doesn't make me superior to other people. Just to remember that everything that I have is a gift from God, first of all, and is a, uh, a, and a gift from other people as well, what they have uh, spoken into my life. And then finally responsibility. Uh, many years ago, or a number of years ago, we used to go into Orient Prison once a month and have services there. The chaplain was a, a black brother who I loved dearly, 
And uh, he described responsibility as the ability to respond. He said, Lonnie, you've been called to what you've been called to because you have the ability to respond. I said, wow, well, that kind of makes sense, responsibility. Uh, but God has given each of us talents. He has given each of, each of us gifts. And uh, it's our responsibility to be faithful where God has called us to. And it's very likely that you won't land your dream job right out of college. But let me uh, just encourage you to be faithful where you're at. In uh, Matthew 25, in the, in the parable of the talents, the one who had five talents and two, who gained five and two more, uh, it says, uh, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. So in being faithful where you are now will give you more responsibility in the future. And I just encourage you to, to put your heart into life, put your heart into what you're doing. Do your best. In making, doing everything you can to make your employer successful also will bring success to your life. I encourage you to study the life of Joseph in the Bible, to study the life of Daniel, to study the life of, of David. Uh, see how they were faithful in, in even adverse times and how it brought honor to God. I think I'll, I'll bring things to a close at this point, and I would just like to, to pray for you all at this time, if we could just pray together. Father, I just thank you this morning for your faithfulness. Lord, you are a good God. You're a loving God. And Lord, as we go through life and as we face challenges, Lord, I uh, just thank you that you like to redeem those and to bring good out of them. And I thank you for every student that's here this morning and the call that you have on their lives. And I just pray that you would bless them, that you would uh, help them to be faithful where you've called them to. And Lord, that uh, to a, a large extent, they would fulfill the call that you have for them. So just uh, commit them to you and ask for your continued favor and blessing as we go throughout the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much for your attention. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please like and share so others can benefit from it as well. And check out our other podcast series from our website at rosedale.edu slash podcasts. God bless you and have a good day.